All right, Daniel chapter 10, I think, uh, gives us some insight as Israel is under attack and retaliating and wondering. I got several texts of, uh, from Psalms, Psalm 83. Uh, we talked with Pastor Ty about Psalm 125. Uh, there are clearly Psalms, especially the Psalms of Ascents, 120 to 134 that Israel and Jerusalem in particular is a focal point of the psalmist's attention. But that was when people were going to worship um, in the Old Testament. And we know from the New Testament that we don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. And Jerusalem shouldn't be the focus of our worship or we pray toward Jerusalem or whatever. Um, but there is um, concern that we all have for Israel as we should, and they are God's chosen people. The promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you see the words forever. Um, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob took that literally to mean not until Christ comes or the church replaces Israel. And we'll get into, as we go through Romans, we'll get into Romans 9 in the place of Israel in the future. But what I would like to do today is to understand spiritual warfare uh, against Israel uh, that we see in Daniel 10. If you were to put yourself in Daniel's position near the end of his life, he has lived through two empires now. He was a young man and a teenager when Jerusalem was destroyed. We have studied the book of Lamentations and the awful atrocities that were present in Jerusalem when it was destroyed. And the lament, uh, Lamentations was written on that occasion. Daniel was deported uh, to Babylon. He lives his whole life in Babylon, except for his teenage years, up until he was a teenager. And uh, the Babylonian Empire ends with Daniel 5, when Belshazzar doesn't take the handwriting on the wall seriously um, and doesn't repent. And the Medes and the Persians surround the city, and they're actually surrounding it that night. Uh, they took the city Daniel is taken from the Babylonian um, Empire into the Medes and the Persian Empire. And it's the Persians that become the dominant um, empire. And it's interesting, Persia today is Iran. Okay. So Iran today is Persia of old. And so we'll see Persia mentioned. Uh, the book of Esther is around the Persian Empire as well. So Daniel has prophecies that are given to him at the beginning of his book, broadly for the whole world, how God's going to take over um, the world and all the human kingdoms are going to fall. And then the specifics of, of some of that is reiterated uh, to Daniel near the end of the book. And some of uh, what he gets is able to be recorded. Some of it is written and sealed. Some of it he's told or shown in a vision, and he doesn't know what it, it means or understands. Um, so we have a lot of, a lot, of, and you just have to read it, uh, details of Daniel's prayer in Daniel 9 is beautiful. Uh, prayer, uh, expecting God to fulfill his word and bringing Israel back into uh, the promised land. And in Daniel 10, we have the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. All right, this is, I believe, two years after. Um, if you look at Daniel 11, 1, 
Uh, in the first year of Darius the Mede, uh, this is an angel talking, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. I think he's talking about Michael, uh, the archangel, in the end of chapter 10. So uh, the Medes and the Persians took over. Darius the Mede was the first ruler. And then Cyrus. Cyrus is mentioned as the one who allows the Israelites to go back into the promised land. I think Pastor Ty mentioned them as looking at Christ in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. Uh, Cyrus is given. He's the um, instrument of God. So in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, he's after Darius. So Daniel has to be in his 80s minimum, uh, maybe early 90s. Okay, so here is a, a very old man who has lived his whole life under Babylonian empire. And then in, in his early 80s, he gets uh, mid, uh, early to mid 80s, he gets thrown into the lion's den. Uh, and then a few years after that is when Daniel 10 uh, is recorded for us. So in the third year, we're in Daniel 10, 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar, and the word was true, and it was a, a, a great conflict. So a word from the Lord that was true. Um, Daniel has been given several other uh, prophecies. And is about conflict. Verse three, and he under, or continuing verse one, and he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. Understanding causes Daniel to go into mourning. He sees, sometimes he, he sees and he doesn't understand, but this time he sees this vision, he understands what he sees, and because of he understands what he sees, he's in mourning. It's atrocious what he sees. If you watch the news and watch the horrors of going on in Israel, it's atrocious. Okay. And it's awful. So in verse two, in those days, I, Daniel was mourning for three weeks after he got this vision. He was terrified, um, mourning three weeks. I ate no delicacies. Uh, I ate no meat or wine, probably just bread and water, probably barely surviving, but nothing uh, special food that would have been approved by or appropriate for nobles like Daniel to eat nor did I anoint myself at all. It sounds like sackcloth and ashes. If you remember other places where uh, kings and others are into mourning or repentance, he's mourning here. And he doesn't anoint himself at all. And for three full weeks, so 21 days. And on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a man clothed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz uh, around his waist, and his body was like beryl, uh, a shining uh, gem. His face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude, extremely like a, a crowd chanting. Okay, what does this, I have a, some questions here, and we're going to go quickly so we can get to the third point, but what New Testament passage does this description remind you of? This is obviously Old Testament. The description of the angel, what does it remind you of? Any? Um, Revelation, Jesus. Right, Revelation 1. The description of Jesus, uh, eyes um, um, shining, glorious, voice, uh, appearance uh, as of lightning. Um, so this is uh, a revelation from God, but it's through an angel here. 
And when this angel speaks, obviously Daniel is going to be um, overwhelmed with this angel's presence. And look at how it's described in verse 7. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men, it sounds like the Apostle Paul. Um, Paul sees the vision. Other people around him know that maybe there was a bright light, but don't hear anything. So Daniel alone sees this vision. But the men who were with me uh, did not see the vision. So it was <laughs> God sent this angel, the angel standing before Daniel, Daniel can see him. And you wouldn't miss this if you were next to Daniel. <laughs> you were across the field. You could see this guy shining. And, and But God doesn't allow anyone else to see. He only sent this messenger for the specific purpose of showing Daniel something, telling Daniel things. Okay, So only Daniel sees the vision. Uh, but the a great trembling fell upon them. They maybe knew something was there and they couldn't see and they fled to hide themselves. So maybe they heard or, or they felt the rumbling or something. Um, maybe they saw Daniel's face glowing, whatever it is, they can't see it. Daniel does. And they, they run away. So I was left alone verse eight and saw this great vision and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. He's got no strength from probably his diet and what he's been doing, uh, fasting and, and mourning. But he also, this angel is just so overwhelmingly powerful. He's like, oh, well, I'm uh, no strength in me. And then I heard the sound of his words and I heard the sound of his, And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my mm -hmm. face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me. So when the angel started speaking, he goes to sleep and... He come and the angel wakes him up uh, and touches me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, understands the word, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for now I have been sent to you. All right. So in verses um, <clears throat> 10 through 12. In the book of Daniel, as in much of scripture, there's a lot of unique things happen. How many times has God opened up the Red Sea and people walk across on dry ground? Answer, once. How many times does God use a donkey to talk? Answer, once. How many times does God uh, um, open up the earth and swallow up 250 people? Once. There's so many things that are once that happen. It's also interesting in the resurrections, uh, Elijah raises one person from the dead, except for his bones as is the second person, but it wasn't really him, it was his bones. Um, Elijah once, uh, Peter once, Paul once, but only Christ multiple times. Um, so a lot of things in scripture are unique. Uh, how many whales swallowed someone who wouldn't listen? Once, Jonah. Right, so there's so many unique miracles in scripture that are once. And throughout the book of Daniel, there's so many unique things that are just once recorded. And so God uniquely controls life and he's got a he reveals his plan here to Daniel in a very unique way. And look at how the angel starts in verse 11, talking to Daniel. If you were discouraged and weak from the food or lack of food, and overwhelmed with the presence of an angel, 
uh, trembling, uh, you would want to hear the angel say these words to you. O Daniel, man greatly loved. What do we know about us and our position before God? Are we loved? Are we greatly loved? See, Daniel lives before Christ. And after Christ, all those who are in Christ, and we'll look at Romans 5 this Sunday, God, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and God demonstrates his love toward us. So all of us are loved as Christians, and we would all be greatly loved. Now, Daniel, in captivity, serving multiple emperors, now near the end of his life, uh, has got this revelation, and the angel starts with a personal message to Daniel. You're greatly loved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I've been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. So remember, he's on his hands and knees in verse mm -hmm. 10. And he was falling asleep, and the angel had to wake him up. Yeah. He goes from sleeping to hands and knees, from hands and knees. Now he's standing, and he's still trembling as he's standing. Verse 12. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day. So the reason he's trembling is he's afraid. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. Whoa, how encouraging would this be if you're mm -hmm. Daniel? To be part of a private prayer meeting, just him and God, and he's praying to God. He saw this vision. He is mourning. He's praying for and starts praying as soon as he sees the vision to understand what he sees and an explanation from God on, on this vision. And he humbled himself before his God. And the angel says, from the time you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself and you started praying for an answer to what this vision means, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. But there's a bit of delay of three weeks. So Daniel's been praying for three weeks. He's been mourning, fasting, praying. Mm -hmm. And there's been a delay of three weeks. Mm -hmm. So we get the curtain pulled back here on spiritual warfare. Um, unlike very few other places in scripture where we get a what's going on with the human realm and what God allows as a spiritual component that we don't often realizes there and the world doesn't realize or if they do they're they're petrified or they're mystical or it's just some weird uh, explanation uh, or analysis of it but you probably won't hear fox news explain demons or say satan a lot in and you definitely won't hear it from cnn or msnbc or whatever else you get your news um so this is why i think it's good for us to look at this there is angels that have access to princes and kings, especially when it comes to in opposition to Israel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's the angel has a, this is a good angel, has a word for an explanation to Daniel. And he says in verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Now we have the very precise, it was a full three weeks. Now we understand it's 21 days. Mm -hmm. And it has to be that this angel is talking about another angel. Mm -hmm. And this angel, the, the bad angel, is called 
the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Persia is modern day Iran. Okay, so there is a king of Persia, and the demon is influencing the kingdom of Persia in a way that he is called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So we have a what 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 are angels doing here? Well, they're fighting. They've been fighting for 21 days. The, the messenger that was sent from God to deliver the message to Daniel was hindered for 21 days. And that hindering angel, the demon, is called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. But Michael, we only um, know a few angels by name, Michael, Gabriel, and Satan, or Lucifer. Michael, one of the chief princes, again, called prince, but uh, the chief angels, uh, archangel, we would probably say, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. So the angels who were influencing, the angel that was influencing the king of Persia is fighting against Daniel's, Daniel's messenger angel to withstand him. And this messenger angel has to ask for Michael's help. Michael comes, helps somewhere in outer space somewhere on earth somewhere this this angel these angels are fighting and this fight's been going on for 21 days the angel was dispatched as soon as daniel started praying he isn't at earth delivering the message of daniel for 21 days because the spiritual warfare was happening verse 14 and it came to make and um, i was left there but i came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. He's talking to Daniel about Israel. When he had spoken to me, according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. Yeah. Because what's going to happen to Israel with the Medes and the Persians, they're going to be taken over by the Greeks, and then the Greeks are going to be taken over by the Romans, and all of those <laughs> kingdoms are going to be oppressing God's people into Christ's day, where the Romans are still in charge of the promised land so daniel turns his face toward the ground and is mute and behold one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips then i opened my mouth and spoke i said to him who stood before me oh my lord by reason of the vision pains have come upon me and i retain no strength how can my lord's servant talk with my lord for now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me and again, one having the appearance of a man touched me. So there are multiple angels, it sounds like, <laughs> coming and helping Daniel uh, because he can't speak, because he's fearful, uh, because he understands more of what's happening uh, to Israel in the latter days. And this angel comes to him in verse 19 and says, Oh man, greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Now, if you just saw what's going to happen to your people that you love and God's promised people and saw that it was awful, you would not be thinking there's peace here. You would be <clears throat> concerned. You'd be fearful. You would be anxious. You would have uh, a lack of all these things that the angel says. You're a man greatly loved. Fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. It sounds like Joshua. It sounds like other passage yeah. in the new testament right and as he spoke to me i was strengthened and said let my lord speak for you have strengthened me then he said do you know why i've come to you 
But now I return to fight against the prince of Persia. So the angel breaks through this conflict, 21 days. He goes to deliver his message. And on his way back to God, he's going to have to fight some more. And he's fighting more against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. So another angel that's going to influence the rulers of the Greek empire and the Greek empire is mentioned all in chapter 11. Um, he will come, but I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. Your prince is Michael. That's fascinating. Michael the archangel, likely, according to this, is your prince. Now, he's either Daniel's prince or he's the prince of Israel. If Israel is God's people and he puts his strongest angel in charge of his people, that would make sense, logically to me anyway. Um, and Michael has is helping this angel to deliver the message and then fighting against the other angels that are controlling or influencing other uh, rulers against Israel. And then verse 1 here says of chapter 11, should be with chapter 10. As for me, still the angel talking, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. What? There is an angel activity uh, in the first year of Darius the Mede, and the only thing I think they possibly could refer to, and I could be wrong, and there could be other things, but what happens in the first year of Darius the Mede is where an angel's mention has to do with the lion's den. So Daniel tells Darius when he comes to get him out of the lion's den, <clears throat> the Lord sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they didn't harm me all night. And when this angel says in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up, the angel stood up to confirm and strengthen him, Michael, I think is the, the prince is uh is possible that <laughs> the um the angel was helping Michael to stop the lion's mouths. So in interesting. Um, but what we see here is a lot of angels, and the angels are given, they're allowed to control and influence rulers that are for Israel and rulers who are opposed to Israel. So if you think back through Israel's history, from what we can study in history books, I, I have wondered, why did Hitler hate the Jews so much? Yeah. Why the Jews? And if you read about history and the things that Hitler did uh, and commanded his, his people to do the atrocities, you think, this sounds like a man who is demon-possessed, mm -hmm. who is influenced by Satan. And then you look at others like in the last 10, 15 years, ISIS and other militants yeah. and the, the awful atrocities that they do against people and how they dismember them. I think this is the work of Satan. Yeah. And now we have um, a, a ruler in Iran and other parts of the world that absolutely hate Israel. Why Israel? <laughs> Uh, Satan has always been in opposition to Israel. And if you, and we're, I'm glad we're in a country that supports Israel. Um, yeah. When we stop supporting Israel, woe to us. 
um, because we have uh, clearly God's people in the Old Testament, and he's not done with them in the New Testament. But there is angels here that this angel tells us, I am fighting against the prince of Persia, which is an angel influencing the king of Persia. And then when I'm done fighting him, I'm going to have to fight the king of, or the prince of, the angel who's going to influence the king of Greece, who's going to take over Israel. And so uh, there are uh, demons who are allowed to influence um, political leaders. Yet they're not anywhere close to God's power. But when we get the curtain pulled back here for us in, in Daniel 10, what does, and I have a discussion here, um, what do we see angels doing in this path? I think I answered that. So why do you think angels are called the prince of an empire? They're controlling it. They're controlling it, yeah. right? They have strong influence. So when an empire goes against Israel, I think, why did Haman want to kill the Jews yeah. in Esther's book? Yeah. Demon possession is a very likely, or demon demonic influence is definitely. Why does why does Satan want Israel destroyed, annihilated, and there are rulers in this world right now that say we want Israel to be annihilated, death to Israel. Okay, if Israel is annihilated, then God's word isn't true. Okay, the same way as if Jesus was killed as a baby, in then the, the Messiah can't come, come, to, come to die on the cross for our sins. If uh, Athaliah succeeds in wiping out all of Josiah's line, all of David's line, and she almost succeeded except for a little king, Joash. It was Joash's line. Yeah, so Joash, a year old, is spared. Satan can try as best he can to eliminate God's plan, but all he can do is get close and he, he is limited. And God uniquely protects, provides for his people. And it doesn't matter how much the demons want to destroy Israel, they can't. There is a remnant of Israel today. So how should we respond to knowing God allows angels to be for and against his people. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 1, and we have angels mentioned there. Hebrews 1, uh, God, Christ is better than the angels, is Hebrews 1. Um, but we are told um, what the angels are to do, why they were created and the obedient angels to God, two-thirds of the angels, are doing this. And one-third of the angels are not doing this. They're rebelling against God. So Hebrews 1, 14. And talking about angels, you can see the context as you read uh, Hebrews 1. But in verse 14, we have a summary of what the angels are to be doing. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve, sent out by God, to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So do we believe in guardian angels? Absolutely. Because of this verse. <laughs> this verse says they are, they are ministering spirits. They were made to minister. They were made to serve. They know that. 
They are made to serve God. They are made to serve God's people. And they are sent out by God to serve those for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So those are God's people. In Romans 9, we have God's people of the Old Testament, God's people of the New Testament. Much of Israel is going to be saved at some point in our future. But they are God's people. So there is spiritual warfare going on. And it is no wonder that there are world leaders who want Israel annihilated and will take every opportunity to despise them, to ruthlessly treat them, but they won't be able to succeed because God still is uniquely controlling all things. Now our heart goes out to them. We should pray for them, but we don't have to wonder um, that there is a a spiritual dimension to this. This isn't just a hateful man uh, carrying out his hatred against other men. This is um, spiritual uh, warfare. And let's go, we'll end with Ephesians 6. We're going to take the whole armor of God. But in Ephesians 6, we're told also about spiritual warfare. In Ephesians 6, at the end of Ephesians, where God has Jew and Gentile coming together in the church, and it's a mystery. It wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. Now it's revealed in how to live as a church. We have a direction for all of us to walk in love and walk in humility and walk in a worthy manner. And wives and husbands and children and slaves. Um, and at the end of this book about the church and the health, it sounds a lot like Titus, um, we get to... The whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, why are we fighting against the devil? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Humans are not our enemies. World leaders are not our enemies. I believe in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, once an enemy of God, sounds like he comes to know God as a savior. Um, and the world leaders, as harsh and awful as they are, can repent and turn. And Daniel 4 uh, teaches that. But here, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. These are all synonyms that talk about demons and angels. And so um, this is why we need God's armor. This is why we need to trust God. This is why we need to be humble, as Daniel was, realizing we are loved that we have God's word. What do we do with God's word? We share God's word and we tell people, hey, God's word talks about uh, demonic forces. You don't have to be afraid, terrified of demons. Now you should respect them, but greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And this encourages us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. This encourages us later after the armor of God is mentioned that to be alert, keep alert with all perseverance and, and pray. So when you and I watch the news and we see atrocious things, realize there is a lot going on that we can't see that the news isn't going to report for us. No. But scripture gives us enough information about demons, about how they 
influence world leaders. And when they those world leaders are influenced by demons to attack God's people, they say, okay, whoa, whoa, we've seen this before. God has told us what's happening behind the scenes. And so while we can be like Daniel, mourning and weeping, um, and we should be uh, praying that we pray with hope uh, in the future. There are national Jewish people that have rejected Jesus as Messiah. So we pray for their salvation. We pray that God will use this conflict for the turning of their hearts toward the Messiah. If you are a peacekeeping Islamic person in the world and you watch the atrocities of your fellow Muslims, you, you want them to be turned off to say, that's not me. I don't want my life to be given to terrorism like that. There's got to be a better way. And we want them to turn to Christ. We pray for missionaries and others that are reaching out to the Arab world uh, in, in sharing the gospel. So responses to, to the news. And the news, if you just watch the news, you can be overwhelmed. But when you watch the news and then you read God's word, you're like, okay, now I got to watch the news and then respond like God's word informs me how to respond. We should be praying more. We should be understanding what's going on and trusting God. He's working and he wants people to be saved uh, through this as hard as hard as it is.